everyone doing this morning? Let me hear, let me hear how you're going. Come on. A little bit, a little bit, a uh, little bit of energy in the room on this sunny Sunday. It's great to see everyone here today. I see some faces of people I, I've not even had the chance to meet before and just so glad that you are here. Looking forward to get a chance to meet you after our service today or as many of you as I can. Uh, and as I said, if I've not had a chance to meet you before, my name's Shane. My wife, Rachel, and I, she's actually out with our, our baby. She's at the back of the room actually with our baby, Wyland. And uh, we're excited to get a chance to meet you. Well, this morning, come on over here, Gretel. We'll, we, we've got a little interview on the, uh, on the group side of things this morning. One of our very own, she's on our prayer team. She is uh, a big part of one of our small groups. Come on, would you give it up for Gretel Ikebalsetta today? <laughs> Ikebalsetta. You said it right. That's pretty close, right? right? I know, it's a lot of pressure on a name like that. She said... <laughs> She, we were having an argument over whether, whether it was phonetically right or wrong. And I'm like, it doesn't really matter to me. There's too many letters for me to even try and think about what it would look like and sound like. But it's great to have you uh, here. And I, what, the reason we want to do these little interviews is I think that there's a lot more people that share your story than you think share your story. Like that there's a lot more people facing the same life challenges that we each have. And it's just so, it's refreshing to hear from somebody else like, oh, it's tough for you too. And so I want Gretel to share a little bit. So why don't you start off just by telling us, uh, first of all, how did you get, when did you start coming to Resonate? And then what did getting connected look like for you? Um, well, I first came in August of last year. I came with my sister and my brother-in-law. And I remember telling them after service how it just felt like a home. And um, unfortunately, at that time, I was going through a super emotionally raw time. And I was not looking at getting settled in or plugging in. I was actually making some changes and um, planned on moving away. And was hoping that the Lord would just open up doors there and um, I could stay permanently in the mm -hmm. States. But spoiler alert, that did not happen. No open yeah. doors. It was not the place where I was supposed to be. Yeah. Um, so I moved back in December. Yeah. And in conversation with the Lord, um, I just knew that home was where I needed to be and where I needed to start growing. And um, yeah. I told him I'm all in. And yeah. so I chose Resonate. I did next steps. I joined a women's group. I joined the prayer you team. Did I did it all. Yeah. I was going for it. I was like, okay, we're doing this. Yeah. So, uh, so talk a little bit about uh, for you, you. You mentioned that you wanted to go and do something somewhere else. And... For you, what was that about? Like the thought of like, I want to I wanna go to the States, right? I don't really feel like home is home. Some of that challenge there. Do you, what, what was inside you there? Um, well, I, I had, was living in the States for four years, and I moved back home last year. Mm. Um, but I had worked hard to build a life there right. and community there that That's I loved. Huge. And the Lord was all over it. So yeah. um, 
unfortunately he said it's time to move back home and for me it rocked me even though I knew it was right and I had peace in my heart it was completely a curveball for so me pause right there because I think that's what a lot of people can connect to so the thought of like you ever you, you, you're somewhere and you build a life and then you go somewhere else even if that is maybe what was once home and it can feel really difficult to start again right and we live in such, it's a transient world. You know, you have these different, maybe you move away for school somewhere. Maybe you're here because you, you, came out to, you came out to BC to find a job or you're going to school. Or maybe you've just thought like, I'm, we're going to get something bigger than the 350 square foot apartment that we had downtown. And so now we're out in the Tri-Cities. Whatever the reason is, I think there's just a lot of us experience that feeling of like, I left behind what felt super comfortable. And now I just really feel like it's hard to yeah. do it again. So talk about uh, then you got invited or in, involved in a small group. Talk about what that was like for you, whether, you know, the life change or the significance of that in, in getting connected. Yeah, so um, I went into our women's group and a um, couple months after that is where I started to feel super safe. And for me, it was such a quick transition because it takes time to build relationship. Mm -hmm. um, but the Lord had prepared that this place for me since before and I it was almost like I was ready for it and he was ready for me yeah and the people and the friends and the mentors that I've come alongside of me had really made it made it feel safe for me to okay, so be, go, go deep on that because I yeah. love that you say made it feel safe yeah and that sounds maybe like what does that mean yeah, give me, like, so give me I, the deeper level. What has <laughs> made it feel safe for you? Look like? I was able to open up just where I was at and what I was feeling. And there was no judgment. There was right. no pressure. There was no expectation to be anything else. And, mm. um, yeah, it, it became a place where I could just grow. Yeah. Like soil, like rich soil to grow in. And So as um, you told me your story, yeah. what I loved about it is it was non-judgmental. It was come as you are, but there came a point in time where someone was like, hey, I think there's another level. Yeah. There's like a, a, a bit of like, hey, here's what I think might be next for you. So talk about, talk about that and what's next for you. Yeah, so they called out, honestly, like gifts inside of me that I knew were there, but I didn't want to use, <laughs> if I could be honest. And, right. Um, as, and I was asked to co-lead the women's group that right. I had joined earlier this yeah. year, which Amazing. I'm super excited come on, let's about. Get that. Yeah. If oh, wait, you, you didn't say you accepted yet. We're cheering for the invitation. Sorry. Let's cheer when you say you did it. Okay. <laughs> I did it. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, we don't want to, like, drop the bad news. It's like they clap, and then you're like, and I said and no. I, said <laughs> I don't want to no, do that. No, I said yes. Yeah. I said yes because I had told the Lord I was all in, but also because um, I knew that I... I was going to be surrounded by women and people that were going to support me That's and amazing. that were going to encourage me. And again, we're going to pull out the best in me. That's and, great. Um, so I'm excited. Uh, I'm just going to plug in real quick. Our table is out Yeah, there. right. Exactly. It has the fruit balloons. So Do you have food us. at your table? We have candy. Okay. That's good. That's all you need. You're going to get a lot of people in your group. Um, Last thought, as, as we've kind of been saying, there's a lot of people that can probably share and, 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 and re resonate with your journey. That's why we do multiple of these interviews, because her story might not be yours, but maybe last week John and Meg's was yours. And so but there's some people that are going to be connecting with this. What would, you, what would your encouragement be to that person or that group of people as to what, uh, what you would encourage a next step to look like? Yeah, um, I completely understand how... Um difficult and uncomfortable it is to try to build relationships and that's mm -hmm. why I was trying to move to the states is yeah. um, I didn't want to start all over again but um, 
in making that decision, I've seen so much growth in mm -hmm. my own life. And um, it's really so um, just, I've got to see a deeper side of my faith and my confidence and my calling uh, that the Lord has for me. Yeah. And so I would just ask you and challenge you to um, ask the Lord what the next step for you is. And whatever answer he brings to the table, it's going to be worth saying yes to. That's a really good thing. So ask God about it. That's really good. Yeah. Come on, preach now. Yeah. Ask God. This is a good message outline. Ask God about it. Ask and God. then listen to what he says. Yeah. And then say yes. You. Is it really that easy? It's that easy. Okay, it's that easy. She's on the prayer team. She knows. It's that easy. Come on, can we give it up for Gretel this morning? Thank you so much. Great job. Thank you. So, so good. Well, I'm excited to go to God's Word together with you. Um, and this is our Groups Rally Sunday. Groups Rally is so fun because everyone is trying to outdo one another with candy, with their signage. And it's just like, it's the one, it's the one day we do these three times a year. So it's the three days of the year where we're really encouraging a spirit of competitiveness in the house of God. Uh, but here's, here's what we do. We, we actually coach and train our leaders to not be offended if you try their group. Maybe you show up for a week and then don't come back. And here's why we do that. What matters more to us than you being in the thing that we're leading is that you're a part of the thing that will grow you. And we're, we're, we're more concerned about you finding your fit. And so that's why sometimes you would say, you know, what? I don't want to do it because what if I show up? And then I'm like, I'm, I'm, I got to show up the next like five weeks. It's a six-week session. And some of our groups only run bi-weekly. And so we might be talking talking about like three hours of your life to take a dive into this. So come on, somebody. That's not, like, that's not all that crazy, but it's a next step. Um, and the other thing is uh, that this is, our, our groups, there's just so many groups. Like just find your fit, find your fit, find your fit. Just two of the tables. When are they? What are they? Meet some people, and uh, it's going to be a great session. My group actually started a week early because Rachel and I have some time away in the month of June, both for ministry and other churches, as well as a little bit of vacation time. And so my group started this week, and it was straight fire. I had one guy leave the, uh, Sam's there nodding his head. I had one guy leave, the, leave, leave our house, and he looked at me. He's like, I've never been in a room that was like that before. I was like, bro, we just went, like, th those, th my guys went deep on week number one. And, uh, you know, I just love that. And that might not be your experience. You, got, you don't have to show up and go deep on week number one. The whole point of it is that not that you is is that at some point in time you'll let somebody behind the mask. I'm excited about the launch of our small groups. The other thing I, I really want to mention before we dive into God's word together today is that next week we're beginning a brand new message series and it's called Calling Out a Champion. And we did a series on this topic last year. It was actually included as part of our um, staycation series. We just preached on this idea that there's more in you than you currently believe about yourself. And the Bible in many ways and many times reveals this. God calling out a champion in someone that doesn't see themselves as a champion. God calling something out in your future that does not feel true in your present. And what this series actually did for us last year is it sent us on a growth, uh, like just a rapid growth season. I think God called some stuff out inside people that they just stepped up to. The result of it was some rapid growth that led to the launch of a second service in the fall. And now here we are with a first service where the room is large full and the second service is fuller than this. Come on, can we give God some praise for that? And I believe that God wants to call out the champion inside of you again in this year. And as we speak on this again, I'm just believing that even in the summer, we're going to see, again, great things as God moves among us. And so you won't want to miss that series. Well, this morning, we're closing out our Double Tap series on real love 
in a selfie world. Come on, somebody. It's a selfie. It's a selfie world. It's funny with my little girls, uh, especially my five-year-old. She, when she gets a phone in her hands now, she just, she'll, she'll start a video and she'll talk to it like she's on Instagram. And she's just like narrating her day because she sees mom and dad do this. It's just so funny. So I'll sometimes I'll pick up my phone and I won't even know that she had my phone because she knows the code she can get in. Eventually you're going to see her posting things on my Instagram that I had no idea about. Nevertheless, so recently I got back my phone and it was, I just see this video that I'd not seen before I hit play and she's like, it's Saturday afternoon, I'm here playing. <laughs> it's just, a, it's a selfie world. Man, my five-year-old, it's a selfie world. And here's the challenge to that. I mean, there's, 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 you know, I'm oftentimes railing against the challenges of comparison that results from comparing your regular life to someone else's highlight reel. But there's also, you know, there's good things to Instagram. There's the fact that you can share this service with hundreds of people that are not here right now. Come on, somebody. There's still a song at the end for you to capture a little bit for your friends to be like, whoa, that was church. Excuse me, what? Come on, you can share your, our group story this week. Just, you know, tag the church so we can all see. There's some fun that happens in it, but it's a selfie world. And there's challenges that exist in that world. Like, how do we love one another for real? Because social media, the funny, the ironic thing about social media is it's not social. And so you actually need some social in your world. And I want to I go through God's word together. Well, here's what we've done in the series so far. We talked about singleness and we talked about dating. You want to let me swap that out because of that sound? Should I just go without a mic? It'll be fun. Click this off. All right. I got the, I got the, the Madonna mic, the Bieber mic, or the Britney mic, depending on what era you were born in. Come on. How many, how many, this is the Madonna mic for you? Yeah? How many, this is the Britney mic for you? Yeah, I'm in that group right there. How many, this is the Bieber mic for you? Uh, <laughs> oh, that's funny. Some of you were in the wrong era. You were trying to be younger than you were. I just saw, I saw some of you. It's the Madonna mic for you. Don't pretend it was the Britney mic. I know you lived through the Britney season, but it's the Madonna mic for you. Don't lie in church. <laughs> Start the tape again. Okay, so we're in double tap. We talked about singleness and dating. We talked about marriage, the baby and the baby carriage with some parenting last week. Now, I want to talk this morning, and I've been excited about this week since before we started this series. I want to talk about friendship this morning. I want to press into, into friendships because... Who you're spending time with is determining who you're becoming in life. It's a simple statement, but it's so true. Who you are spending time with is determining who you're becoming in life. And the Bible says that actually very clearly in Proverbs chapter 27, where it says, A mirror reflects a man's face, but what he is really like is shown by the kind of friends he chooses. And so watch this. I mean, a mirror is the best way to see what you look like on the outside, right? Recently, I, I took Avia to, dropped her off at preschool, and um, you ever have one of those moments where you're out in a public setting, and you look in a mirror, and you're like, oh, no. <laughs> you realize that you left your house without looking in a mirror. I look in the rearview mirror of the car. I can tell what side of the bed I had slept on the night before. I got spit up on my shirt. It's Wyland spit up, not mine. I mean, it was bad, but not that bad. But it was, 
It was a mess. I looked like an absolute hot mess. And so a mirror is how you tell what's going on on your exterior. The Bible here is saying how you know what's going on inside of you, just look at who you're hanging out with. What, what a man is really like, you can tell by looking who he's, he's spending some time with. And so what I want us to do over the next several minutes is I want to talk about how we can find the right relationships and how we can build and develop those relationships. But before we go there, I want to talk about some obstacles that we all have to getting in right relationships in the first place. We've all got obstacles. I think no one in the room is, is listening to the Bible say that who you're spending time with is who you're becoming, and you're like, no, that's not really true. No, we know this. The reason we might not be doing it, the reason we have underdeveloped relationships or perhaps neglected relationships is that there's some obstacles, right? And so the first obstacle that I think we all have as on our list of reasons that we're not nurturing the right relationships is just busyness, right? I mean, it's, all on, it's on all of our lists is that feeling that we're really busy. The Bible talks about busyness in Ecclesiastes 4. It says, there was a man who was all alone, and he had neither son nor brother. There was no end to his toil. Yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. And so there's a progression here that leads this man towards busyness. Well, here's the progression that I think most of us believe is the relationship and busyness progression. We think this. We think, I am too busy, therefore, I don't have the right relationships, and as a result of my busyness, I end up in a place where I'm not content with the stuff that I have. I think that's the way we see the progression. The Bible says it's actually different. Watch, watch this. It says there was a man, and first of all, what? He was all alone. So step number one was this guy didn't have the right people in his life. And then what was step number two? Well, he got too busy. There was no end to his toil. The end result being that this man is unsatisfied with his life. And the clear inference of scripture here is this. Your busyness is not leading to your friend problem. Your lack of friends is leading to your busyness problem. Because what we think is I'm busy right now, but what I'll do is I'll get to a season where it's less busy and then I'll get the right people in my life. And the Bible's saying something very different here. The Bible's saying, no, if you choose to put the right people in your life first, it's going to deal with your busyness problem because you will put all sorts of unnecessary things in your life if you don't have the right people in your life. It's going to be having the right people in your life and their wisdom and the joy that comes out of connectedness that's going to enable you to start making some better decisions and some new decisions actually going to grow you. And if you're not in that place right now, well, let me give you some encouragement. You might just be a relationship or two away from a life change. You might just be a relationship or two away from adjusting the busyness in your life and getting to some satisfaction. The Bible says the starting point to getting rid of busyness and dissatisfaction is uh, who you got in your life. Busyness is the first reason that we would all say, come on, all of us would say, I just don't have the right people in my life. Pastor, I want to have the right people in my life. I want to sign up for one of those small groupy things that you're talking about, but it's just I'm so busy. No, you start. We're the right people. And the reason I'm so passionate about this topic is I spent the majority of my life investing too little into too few relationships. And the greatest growth that I've seen God work in my own life over the past several years has been to lead me into a much wider and broader network of friends and people in my own life. And not even that, just a greater investment in, in my own family. 
Like God has led me to just to go deeper. And for me, busyness was a obstacle, but there was a bigger obstacle, and it's the second one, at least for me. The reason I spent decades not investing in enough relationships, the main reason for me was that I just wanted to control what others saw in me. Here's a picture of this. You think of your own home. When you got people over to your home, there's a part of your house that you want them to see, and then there's a part that you don't want them to see. Like when you come over to our house, we've got two levels. And when someone is hanging out at our house, they're hanging out on the main floor. And that's fine with me because we work hard to make sure that the main floor looks good. But if I see one of your kids starting to head off towards upstairs, I will shoot them down. I mean, it's dangerous to bring your kids to our house because if they start to venture off towards the places that we don't, I don't want them to see the laundry on top of the laundry hamper. I don't want them to see that their pastor sometimes has uh, clothes on the floor. I don't want them to sometimes see that there's a Lego disaster waiting for them at the top of the stairs. Like, you just don't want people to see these things. Now, here's the thing. If you're just hanging out with someone for an hour, well, you know they're only going to see the main floor. And so it's not that big of a deal. So if you've got a little bit of time together, not so big of a deal. But if we need to spend a bunch of time together, we got some, some people over here that had family fly in from, from uh, overseas, and, uh, and I think it was the Netherlands. I was talking to them before the service. Well, they've got them spending some time with them. They're going to need to overnight, which means that if you need to find a bedroom at our house, well, then you're going to have to see the real us. And the challenging thing is this. I think that most of us are trying to do relationships on just the main floor. The depth of your relationship and the amount of time you're willing to spend with people is limited to, I only want you to see this much of me. But if we're actually going to experience a life change to the place where uh, people can call us out and, and challenge us and help us grow and help us when we start to get a little bit weird sometimes, come on, it's all of us, we actually have to have them see the entirety of who we are. And not everybody needs to know who you are. Like, I mean, I tell you a lot about me, I don't tell you everything. You don't need to know everything. You don't need to know when I'm discouraged. Somebody needs to know. Right? So the second reason that there was obstacles for me between entering into like really deep and meaningful relationship was I just wanted to control how much people saw of me. Which is why when my group got together this week, I was like, and I, I, the, my, my group, I invited some, uh, just anyone, in, any of the guys in our church who are either we have some different levels of leadership, ministry leaders and captains, and I sent out an invitation to anyone who's in one of those seats right now, and, and, the, and I said, guys, we're going to get together, and we're going to teach on leadership, and you know what we did? They all sat down, and I said, tell me about you, and for 90 minutes, I didn't teach anything. I just talked about them. Why? Because leadership and growth and health, man, it starts with being known. It starts with being seen. It starts with someone being able to see a little bit of what's beyond the mask. And I just love that the leaders in this house just went, I mean, went for it with one another in that space. I was a little bit, it's so funny. Whenever you take a step like that and you take a risk, can I be honest with you? I love that place, but it's still challenging for me. That voice doesn't stop that says this is hard and this is awkward. It gets, it, 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 it gets quieter. But it never fully goes away. Why? Because it's hard to let people see the real you. Well, if those are the obstacles, then, then how, do we, how do we begin to put these relationships in place? Jesus said this as he was praying for his disciples in John chapter 17. He said, I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. Verse 18 says, as you sent me into the world, so I have sent, say this next word with me, them into the world. 
As you have sent me, so I have sent them. Jesus is praying for his disciples, and he's referring to them as them. And what I want us to notice is that Jesus does not pray individually for his disciples in this text. In fact, anywhere in the New Testament, if you ever find a place where Jesus is praying, he's praying for what? Them. He's got 12 disciples, all of them with unique individual names, but you will never find a place where he's like, Father, I pray right now for Matthew, and I pray for Peter, and I pray for John. No, every time he's praying, he's praying for them. What's the significance of this? Who's your them? Them is the people who were praying for you this week. Them is the people who will help you get straightened out when you go a little bit sideways. Them is the people who've seen beyond the mask in your life and still love you. Who's your them? Who is there that God has called you on mission with together? Them. If Jesus was praying for you in heaven right now, which the writer of Hebrews says that he is making intercession constantly on your behalf, well, if he's referring to your them, who's he talking about? Who's your them? Oh, come on, I know this is a little bit hard for us to to get, but come on, here's the encouragement. The resource you need to get to the next level, oftentimes God is not putting directly deposited into you. He put it in somebody else. And he said, now go and get it. Now he's sending it to you. He's just sending it through somebody else. What you need To become the person you want to be. God, according to my Bible, God, in general, does not go direct deposit. He goes, it's over here. And if you want it, you got to go get into some family. If you want it, you got to let, you know why he did that? He knew how messed up and hard it would be for you to be alone. He wired you this way. A study at UCLA, not a Christian organization, said that you need eight to ten personal touches a day just to be a healthy human being. That's why God put it in somebody else. He wants you healthy. So we've got these obstacles. Well, what what do we need to do? I think there's three verbs that I want to walk us through. None of these things are going to be earth-shattering. This is like, this is basic stuff today. But I'm okay with that because we need a reminder of the basic stuff. If we didn't, it wouldn't be difficult. You know, if, if we just got to remind ourselves of some really, really simple things. Are you ready for this? Here's three verbs. Number one, we've got to develop your meaningful relationships. Develop your meaningful relationships. Every one of us, our meaningful relationships are in some state right now. So your marriage, it might be a connected marriage. It might feel like it's disconnected. It might feel like it's not great, but it's not bad. And it's in that state, not because the relationship itself is good or bad, but because of how much time you've spent developing it. And so we actually need to begin by working on and developing right relationships. And I know for us, for Rachel and I, we have a healthy and strong marriage. I'm so thankful for our marriage. It's great. It's wonderful. You know what else I've discovered? It takes far more work than I ever thought a marriage would take. Takes some developing. Oh, it's better than I thought. And it takes more work than I thought. Takes some developing. The second thing we need is you might need to end a relationship. You need to develop your meaningful ones, but you might need to end one. 
The Bible says this in Proverbs 13, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. In other words, a wrong relationship is not just wasting your time, it's damaging your life. And I don't need to be the Holy Spirit for you today and run through a list of what those relationships might look like. No, you know. You know. Is there a relationship? And by the way, married folk, I ain't talking about your marriage, <laughs> okay? No. No, that's... <laughs> Let's just get that clear. So you might need to develop some relationships. You might need to end some relationships. The last one is you might need to start some new ones. This is what the Bible says in Hebrews. Let us consider how to stir one another to love and good works not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some. You know, and as I read that text, the writer is saying that it's our habit for a lot of us to neglect relationship. It's habitual. And again, it's not habitual because you don't believe the things I'm saying. It's habitual. Why? Because it's just hard to start with new people. That's why we get into the habit, because it's difficult. To start again, when Gretel talked about it, I had, a, I had great relationships in a four-year place when I was somewhere different. And I came home and it was hard. And you know what I wanted to do? I wanted to move away. Because it's hard. A few years ago, uh, actually not even, I guess it's two years ago, almost two years ago, I joined the Next Level Relational Network. And this is a collection of pastors, just over 100 pastors, a lot of whom planted or started their churches, and so we've got a lot in common, and we get together a number of different times a year. We get online in Zoom calls every single month. We have a group messaging thing that's just constantly going off, and I jumped into this, and here's the reason I, got, I joined this group. First of all, like, as I've said before, this type of relationship was never really my thing for decades. The reason I got into this thing was more so out of necessity than realizing how healthy it would be for me. You see, because when we started Resonate Church, God was doing amazing things, and, 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 and there's stories of what God was doing in people's lives, but I also realized that we just weren't seeing the vision that God had put in our minds come to pass in the pace that we wanted to see it come to pass. Come on, you ever been there? Like you're, come on, your business wasn't growing as fast as you wanted it to grow, or... The ministry that you had started wasn't doing as well as you had wanted it to go. Your marriage wasn't going as well as you thought it would go in the early days. Come on. There's something, there's some vision that you had of what it could be, and it wasn't happening in the pace you wanted it to happen. Well, that's where I found myself. And I tried everything I knew how to do to make it better, and it wasn't working. Again, not that God wasn't doing great things. It's just that it wasn't in the pace that he was telling me it was possible. And so I came to this realization that the, uh, the resource that I needed to get to the next level wasn't in me, it was in somebody else. And so I joined this network, and it was there I met Rich Romero, Rich and Tina Romero, who become great friends of ours. Rich and his wife planted their church right around the same time we planted Resonate, and it's called Generation Church in Miami, Florida. It's an incredible church there, incredible people, and great leaders. And Rachel and I, come on, somebody, glory to God, get the opportunity to speak in his church in Miami in two Sundays. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus, for friends with churches in Miami. Come on, somebody. 
I'm bringing y'all back $1.50 t-shirts. It's going to be amazing. I, I'm not going to do that. would be a waste. You won't. Not because I don't love you. You just wouldn't wear it, you know. <laughs> Rich and Tina Romero, great friends of ours. And I bring up their names. And I tell you that just quick little story. Why? Because two years ago, they weren't in our lives. We had to start. And then there's Nicole and John Ozanting, pastors of Evolved Church in Edmonton. They're coming in for art conference next week. Art conference is going to be amazing. We got about 60 of our dream team going to art conference this year. Serving. It's going to be absolutely incredible. Art conference is like eight days away or something. And the Monday before art conference starts, Nicole and John are flying in a day early. Why? So we can spend some time together with them and build relationship and do life together. And I mentioned Nicole and John. Why? Because a year ago we weren't friends. And now they are some of the closest and most meaningful people in our worlds. It takes a risk to start some new relationships. But the resource that you need to deal with your busyness issue, to get to the next level in your life, to help see your business grow, God put in somebody else. You might need to start some new relationships. Well, so what are some relationships? Let me just close with this. What are some of those relationships that we all need? I think, number one, we all need a relationship with my church. We all need a my church and it doesn't have to be this church because there's a lot of great churches and we're trying to build the kingdom of God, not a church. And so it doesn't have to be this church, but you need a my church. You need a place where you belong. You need a place where you take ownership. You need a place where it feels like home and you own the responsibility like it's your home. One of the passions of Rachel and I is that this would be a place where if you have been broken, if you've been hurt, if you've been let down, if you're going through a season of pain, that you could walk in these doors and sit in these rows and feel like you didn't need to do anything. Like, we really mean that. That you can come, and you don't need to give, and you don't need to serve, and you don't need to join a small group. You can just come and just sit here and allow the Lord to just heal some of what you've gone through. And here's the add-on to that is that that just needs to be a pit stop, not a destination. Well, it's okay if that's a season. Just don't stay there. Because there's going to come a point where now you need to say, okay, now part of my healing is risking. Part of my healing is stepping out again and trusting that God is with me and trying to engage in relationships because I know I need those 8 to 10 touches a day to be healthy. And so I'm going to risk it. Again, and that's why every single month, the first Sunday of the month is step one of next steps, which Pastor Troy said, it's next week. Just get it on the calendar and say, I'm going to take that next step. We all need a relationship with my church. Here's the second thing we all need. We all need a small group. And again, it doesn't have to be one of our small groups. But we work hard to make sure that we've got great options for you with leaders that love you and that, that just know how to build a safe place and that and that it would be a place where you could connect. Everybody needs a small group of people where this calling out the champion inside of them and is, is growing constantly in the Lord. Every one of us needs a, a small group. You say, well, what's going to happen if I go, Pastor? I've never been to one of these things. What's going to happen? Encouragement, prayer, support. Maybe some basketball, maybe some Bible reading, maybe some, I, I think there's like a mom's hiking group that I'm planning to join. It's going to be an amazing time. <laughs> Everyone needs a small group. Last thing, I think a relationship every one of us needs is an all-in relationship with God. Because you know what's funny is a lot of people try God. 
It's just like, it doesn't make sense on any level. Christianity does not work as an add-on to your life. This is not something that you can put into your Amazon shopping cart to get you to $35 and some free shipping. This needs to be the thing. Your relationship with the Lord needs to be the center point of your life. This is what the Bible says in Jeremiah 29. God speaking to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. It's the relationship that matters more than any relationship. And so God, I thank you. Thank you for your presence in this place today. God, I thank you that you've been challenging us and leading us. And we pause for a moment, God, and say, Lord, what's a relationship that you want us to develop and how would you have us develop it? What's a relationship that, might, that needs to end? Maybe you've tried to end it before. Like you knew a while ago that this wasn't the right relationship for you, but it, it just didn't work out. Like you just felt like, oh, I can't do it. And today God's just like, it's not to put a guilt or a heavy, but you, you know that it's not just wasting your time. It's harming your life. That's the one you know that needs to end. And then finally, where do you need to start? Thank you, Jesus. So now in this quiet moment before God, here's, here's the most important question of the morning. Maybe you're here and you need to start a relationship with Jesus. You either have never made that decision to go all in with your life and serving the Lord, or you made that decision a long time ago, but you know you walked away from God and, and moved away from him as being number one in your life. And today, it's like, not like there's a little bit of sin in your life, but you know you need to fully recommit your life to Christ in this room today. If that's where you're at, I want to pray a closing prayer for you, prayer of surrender to the Lord. It's a salvation prayer, saying, Lord, I give you my heart in full surrender. And if today you want to make that decision, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask you in a moment as I count to three. When I get to three, I'm going to ask you to shoot your hand up and say, yeah, pastor, include me in that closing prayer. And we won't center you out or embarrass you in any way. No one's looking around, and it's just between you and God. But I'm going to give you that moment of decision so that you'd say, yeah, today was my day. May 26, 2019 was the day I decided to move all in in my relationship with God. And so if that's you today, and you'd say, include me in that closing prayer, pastor, would you... On the count of three, just shoot your hand up and say, yeah, that's me. One, two, three. Would you just raise your hand and say, yeah, today's my day. It's my moment of decision. Thank you, God. So great. Just give you one more moment. God's moving in your, in your heart. If you raise your hand, maybe you didn't, but you want to pray this prayer. Come on, Resonate family, help me pray this. Those who are making that decision today, say, Dear Jesus, I give you my whole heart, all of me, and I'm going to follow you. In an all-in relationship, I believe that you died and rose again so I could be forgiven and free. And I receive your forgiveness now. Help me live for you. Help me follow you. My life's yours. Amen. Come on, Resnick. We put our hands together for those who prayed the prayer in the room this morning. Best.